Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello there, everyone. We're locking in for episode, it's episode 103 of Locked On Thunder, and it's episode, what do we got, Eric, of Locked On Blazers? We're doing a combined show today. Uh, 88 for, for Locked On Blazers. So I got you by 15. Yeah, you got me pretty good, Fred. You're, you're doing a better job than me. You're making <laughs> me look bad. So I'm Fred Katz. That's Eric Gunderson. Eric, for my listeners, Eric is host of Locked On Blazers. For Eric's listeners, I'm host of Locked On Thunder. Tuesday night, we got Thunder Blazers. We figured why not get together and actually talk a little bit about who else but the Thunder and the Blazers. So uh, let's actually do that. Right. Uh, the Blazers coming in on a four-game losing streak. Uh, they lose. They lost on Monday night. Uh, heading into this one, second of a back-to-back uh, against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City in a little bit better shape, I would say, <laughs> uh, with with how Russell Westbrook has played, um, and and they've just been winning. Uh, it, it seems like two teams going in opposite directions a little bit as we uh, head into Tuesday night. Yeah. Blazers have man, man, they have, they have a lot of issues. There, there are a lot of weird things going on with the Blazers. And here, you want to hear a fun fact? Here's, here's a fun fact. Uh, Tuesday night will be the first time this year that the Thunder aren't on the second night of a back to back and they're playing a team on the second night of a back to back. It's the first time that's happened. They're the last team to actually have that happen. Every other team in the league has played under that scenario. The Thunder are the last one. That is extremely interesting and and a pointless terrible, piece of information. T- well, and all, <laughs> well, maybe not so pointless because that I, I if I you know as a if I were listening to that as someone who wants the Blazers to win on you know that that would not be a good thing to hear, right? That this is the first time uh, Oklahoma City is getting a schedule break and. Uh, Portland is in the middle of the schedule kicking their butt. And, and so they, they really uh, are just keep on getting knocked down. They're 12 and 14 right now. They're three and a half back of Utah, who's in seventh. Uh, and Oklahoma City is a half game ahead of Utah in sixth. Yeah, Blazers lose, by the way, the final score in a weird game, 121-120. They lose to the Clippers. Uh, everything kind of devolved at the end. There were uh, multiple technical fouls, uh, an ejection, uh, two ejections. Uh, one DeAndre DeAndre Jordan and Evan Turner both got ejected, and then Terry Stotts and Mason Plumlee both got technicals late as well. That really, I, I think, hurt the Blazers down the stretch. What a weird finish. Like everything about that finish is weird. I thought the 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 DeAndre Jordan 
and Evan Turner ejections, I thought were both incredibly strange given their actions in that, in that moment. Like we both sat down, we both, we both watched that game. Uh, Mm -hmm. there were some weird calls. The call on the, what the Reddick foul three was a weird call. Uh, Stotts, Stotts, like basically unraveling and, and costing his team a point in a game with like a minute and a half left in a game. They lost by a point. Probably is not the greatest thing in Blazers and Blazers history. And I think Terry Stotts is a very, very, very good coach. Uh, that was probably not his greatest moment of all time. Uh, it, it was such a weird game. In the last minute and a half, took it might have actually taken twenty five minutes. It, no joke. It could, with all the reviews, there were so many reviews, so many technicals, uh, so many stoppages in play. Uh, there were so many times where it was a foul or just a basic call that you know every time it had to be reviewed. There was the Blake Griffin uh, over and back call that they had to look whether you know all, all that stuff yeah and I, I i think to the point about stats i think i'm sure after the heat of the moment i'm sure stats himself would even be like hey yeah i probably should not have gotten that technical it it, it, it happens basketball it, it's emotional sports are emotional um so that that happens but you know not a great time for that to happen if you're the blazers and it really sucks to lose this game especially when you look at the numbers Blazers had a better effective field goal percentage, better true shooting percentage tonight, more rebounds, uh, pretty much a lot, a lot of the stats that you would want to win. The Blazers did win, but turnovers really hurt the Blazers tonight points on turnovers. And then of course those technicals at the end. So, uh, and, and it makes a lot of the makes the losses like they had, uh, against Milwaukee or Indiana. I think that much more frustrating because I think this type of loss, even though, the Blazers made a lot of mistakes late is easier to swallow when it's against a team like the Clippers. Yeah. Let, let's give some quick, something we should have done at the start of the show. Let's just give some quick info about the locked on podcast network, as we always do to start our shows. So locked on thunder, locked on blazers are both part of the locked on podcast network. And you can find us on just all over the internet, wherever you listen to podcasts and we're on every day, Monday through Friday. So you can get your blazers info. You can get your thunder info uh, from me or from Eric every day of the week. Uh, and for me specifically, you can go on to normantranscript.com as well. You can check out my blog, Thunder Road, under the sports tab on the site over there, and you'll be able to find all my Thunder coverage. And, and both of us, we're weekly, for, we're weekly on weekdays, so Monday through Friday for the podcast. And, and for my coverage, at least online, it's, that's, you know, that's going to be every day of the week consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Keep coming back to the Lockdown Network. We also have a variety of podcasts in the NFL. We also have NBA podcast hosted by david Locke, uh our pod father so definitely be sure to check out all of our podcasts we're posting frequently we're bringing the content to you and we give you uh the best insight that you can find uh on your favorite teams so question last time we talked on a podcast uh was i think at the start of the year we did a season preview podcast together we kind of talked a little bit of thunder talked a little bit of blazers on that crossover podcast and uh, I know you were pretty high on what the Blazers were going to do this year. It, it hasn't really shown in the first 26 games. I'm wondering, what's, what have you been most disappointed by? Well, early on, it, it seemed – no, it didn't seem – they were a really bad rebounding team, uh, which was really uh, kind of shocking for me because they were a ten top 10 rebounding team last year, and uh, their rebounding really just took a step back. They've They've taken steps to correct that uh lately um but still uh they still remain a bottom 10 rebounding team and that 
after being a top 10 team last year in that category uh, just really hurts. And I think this is it, – it's really weird what's going on with the Blazers because Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum uh, are having career years uh, in terms of shooting percentage, in terms of their offensive numbers. It looks like they're 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 even better at playing with each other. They're 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 getting their shots easier. It seems like, and yet the Blazers struggle to win games. The Evan Turner thing really was bad to start the season, um, but it, he's gotten a little bit better. And I think, and and Plum, Plumley played better tonight. But I think overall, I think one of my takeaways from this early part of the season is that Portland's big men in general. Um, have pretty much all taken a step back. Uh, I, I think in terms of uh, their overall production, it, it, it's just kind of been uh, a rough year from that standpoint because the guards, even Mo Harkless, uh, has played better. They did get Aminu back tonight, and and Aminu being back is huge. And Aminu's been hurt for a while. He's been, I think, he missed about a month, so that really hurt. But I think uh, the big man has really hurt and I would include Aminu in there because uh, while he did play well tonight his overall shooting numbers have been uh, way off last year's pace and that I think ultimately changes the outlook for this team when he's no longer shooting 36% from three this game and I, and I realize you can probably say this about like every single NBA game at this point but this game is a prime candidate for like a big time Russell Westbrook triple double game I feel like this is the type of game where Russell Westbrook, like, like obviously he can go triple double every night. He's literally he's got twelve and twenty four games. He's getting one quite literally every other game. Uh, but this is like a prime candidate for like one of those huge like gaudy Russell Westbrook triple double lines, uh, just because I don't know how well those guards are going to box him out uh, on rebounds, and and he I feel like he's going to be able to get to the middle of the floor a lot. The like Blazers are bottom they're bottom three defense right bottom four defense right now. Or at least they were. I don't know what they I are. They, the they might. They, I think they're probably last right now. I, I would guess uh, they, they were in the bottom two last I checked. They, they're consistently at the bottom. They're yeah. They're last right now. And they're so they have they have the wor- the least efficient defense in the league right now, and they are that, that's that's in part because their guards will give up penetration, and and I think in part I think they're they're pick and roll defense. And correct me if I'm wrong. From what I've seen, you've obviously seen a lot more. Uh, they seem to really struggle with pick and roll communication there, and let guys into the lane in the middle of the floor. Uh, and the bigs, the big struggle on that end as well. Uh, and and that like these are all candidates for like big Russell Westbrook. In. Yeah, no, the Blazers are definitely ripe for a, a monster Westbrook line uh, in this one. Yeah, they can't contra- contain penetration at the point of attack, uh, and then their big men. Uh, there's no funneling happening to a big man that can really contain things in the paint. Uh, their communication is bad, and uh, there was a little bit of chatter earlier in this road trip that the Blazers were going to be a, a more aggressive pick-and-roll team because the big man had uh, voiced the, that their desire to be more mobile and be more active in the pick-and-roll and blitz a little bit more, um, but... We haven't seen much of that outside of uh, some scenarios with Blake Griffin, or not with Blake Griffin, excuse me, with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade in that Chicago, in a Chicago game earlier in the trip. But so they haven't really done anything to change it, and I think that's hard in the middle of a road trip to change your pick and roll coverage. But 
yeah, what they're doing, they're not executing well enough. I think a lot of people get hung up on the scheme, but Blazers just are not. They're just. I think they're just too lazy at they. A lot of their guys are just too okay with giving up the mid range shots, and it's it just yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not great. I mean, they're they're awful everywhere, pretty much. They can't stop the ball in transition. They uh, let guys just get all the way to the rack. It, it's yeah, it, it, it's pretty incredible how, actually how bad they are. I I one thing I really wonder about this game because the Thunder average the quickest. They take shot attempts after getting defensive rebounds quicker than any other team in the league, and they take shot attempts after getting live ball turnovers quicker than any team in the league. They do it in some like set like seven point something seconds as of the last time I checked uh, is how quickly they take a shot attempt after getting a live ball turnover, which is really fast. It's the fastest in the league. And, and, and I forget what their number is off defensive rebounds, but it's, it's also really high. And that's very obviously it's because of one man. And, and I wonder when Russell Westbrook pulls down a defensive rebound, like, because conventionally, like conventionally, Teams, when they get rebounds, one of the reasons Westbrook is so good in transition and it's so big when he gets a defensive rebound and takes off is because teams, even though they know that like Russell Westbrook gets a rebound and take off, takes off, just kind of out of habit, teams tend to wait for the outlet pass. It's just kind of what they do. That's why it's so – like on my podcast the other day, I talked about – because they played, they played Boston the other night. I talked about how big it is that Al, Al Horford just gets a defensive rebound and he takes the ball up so quickly. Like DeMarcus Cousins does this. Like we just watched the Clippers tonight. Blake Griffin does this when when you know they play Portland. Plumlee That's right. So yes, Plumlee does it really well. Actually, um, he's a great passer. He's one of the most underrated passing big men in the league, I think. Uh, but but they it's it's big because the defense isn't gonna is gonna hesitate for a second. And when you hesitate with Russell Westbrook, it's very different from hesitating with Mason Plumlee. And I, I wonder how how Portland is going to pick up Westbrook in transition because that is hard the best transition defense in the league and i wonder how the blazers are going to do that i i would i would guess that they're not going to do it very well uh, they really struggled i the one the example that immediately comes to mind when you're talking about guys that can take the ball in transition and take it coast to coast blazers just got killed by the bucks the other night by Giannis and by jabari parker doing that to them uh throughout that game so uh given that as a recent example of their transition defense against guys who can do that uh they're not set up very well for success against russell westbrook and and him taking the ball uh and and going all the way to the rim uh if you feel that way uh there there, there's there's a way actually that you can um put more behind those feelings and if you love basketball and you want to get into the action i think you should check out betdsi.com for over 20 years it's a top rated business it's safe i play there they have great specials for all sports and they are offering a 100 percent bonus on your first deposit it's great customer service fast and easy payment of your winnings when you win and they have hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from ufc lots of big fights obviously coming up so uh you should definitely go to bet dsi and check in all their live in-game wagering on football basketball and other major sporting events you can pay play pretty much anything at bet dsi 
So go to BetDSI now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use promo code BLAZERS10 if you are a Locked On Blazers listener. Or you can use Thunder10 if you're a Locked On Thunder listener. And you can get your free wager and start winning today. That's BetDSI.com. Way to sneak that in. You kind of you got me that's for right. a sec. That was smooth. Hey, that's, what the, that, that, that's what the pros do. That was a pro move. I was very... I was very impressed. That's a way to do it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, hey, you know, uh, you may have me on the volume here, but I'm I'm trying to bring the quality. <laughs> I'm trying to make it. I'm trying. I'm trying to make it up in quality as much as I can. <laughs> so speaking of quality, uh, Victor Oladipo, we don't know if he's going to play or not at the time of this recording. We're recording this like right after that Blazers Clippers game uh, for Eric late Monday night for me, like super early Tuesday morning. Uh, and, we're, and we don't know if Victor Oladipo is going to play in this game yet. Oladipo has a sprained right wrist, according to the team. You heard that on Sunday uh, when he took that crazy fall against Boston. Uh, very fortunate that it's only a sprained right wrist, considering how nasty that fall looked when it happened and just how quiet the arena got when he fell on his back like that. Uh, so... But but he you know who knows if he's going to play. He did not practice on Monday. Uh, he didn't participate in any part of practice on Monday. He he just stayed in his sweats and was in the training room, and that was it. So if he doesn't play, uh, you know I don't I don't know who the Thunder would put in the lineup ahead of him. Maybe Anthony Morrow. I'm not 100 percent sure how they would go about it. But if he doesn't play, I mean Portland. This is this is one of the best offensive backcourts in the league. Both guys averaging 20 a game, and McCollum and Lillard. How are the how is how how are the Blazers going to take advantage of that? Uh, I, I I think they got they got to be able to they got to feed McCollum and feed CJ. Obviously, I, I think a, a lot of times if if you have an, if if there's an advantage if there's a weak link on a defensive backcourt, I usually the best way for the Blazers to exploit that I have found. Uh, this is a theory that. This is just a theory. I don't have any stat to back this up, but it it, it is is through McCollum. It seems like he's really good at taking advantage of um, maybe one weak defender here or there. Um, and I think that um, trying to go through McCollum and, and and let him go to work and try and set him up uh, w- would be good. And obviously Westbrook is a monster physically, but you can kind of take advantage of. Um, some gambles that he makes. So obviously, uh, playing smart uh, w- will be, uh, I-, I think, a-, a major key for success uh, against the the Thunder backcourt. I think you can't, if Oladipo's not there, you can't give them any, you know, live ball turnover situations where they can turn it into two points. As you said, the Thunder are already, you know, the best team at doing that. And, w- and one thing that I do think is a possibility. Uh, if if Oladipo doesn't start, and again, we don't know whether he will or won't. The Thunder have said no status. There's no timeline. There's there's no update on on what he's going to be doing for Tuesday and beyond. All we know is he didn't practice on Monday. Uh, I think Morrow will probably start because you're losing Oladipo, who is the best catch-and-shoot guy in the starting lineup. Russell Westbrook needs some semblance of spacing. But if if Morrow can start, and, and I think there there is a scenario in which Jeremy Grant still gets time and you bump Andre Robertson over to the two. Because because really, it's not like it's going to be Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo on McCollum and Lillard. Like Andre Robertson's going to get one of those guys. My guess is Andre Robertson would get McCollum and Oladipo was going to get Lillard. 
And now all of a sudden you've got Westbrook. Westbrook getting Lillard, and maybe that changes a little bit, and Robertson ends up doing it for whatever reason. But I think usually they like to keep Westbrook on the ball and Robertson chasing a guy who's going to run around more screens. So I think Robertson is going to end up on McCollum. And if you're worried about that, uh, you know, you can play, you can kind of boast your defense a little bit if you put Jeremy Grant guarding, at least you have him on the floor as a, as a long help defender. If Lillard ends up getting by Westbrook, if Lillard ends up hurting you in the pick and roll, you can have Grant off the ball and he can come in and help a little more. It's not going to help you on offense because no one's going to guard him when he's playing on the perimeter. Uh, but I do think that's a possibility. Just add him to the lineup, to that first unit lineup as the game expands. So just because Morrow, I think, is the guy who would probably start, that doesn't necessarily mean he's the guy who I think could get a ton of minutes with that group. What about Samaj Christian? I guess it's possible. <laughs> it actually is possible <laughs> because, well, it is possible because defensively Billy really likes him. I actually yeah, am. Yeah, and he's, answer. I mean, he's the right, he's the right size. I mean, he's literally the same size as Lillard McCollum. Seems like kind of the right size uh, to put on him. You know, in terms of a guy that can bother one of those guys, if you just say like, "Hey, you're gonna go guard one of those guys," yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's a rookie. He's a second round pick. He's uh, he had a good game on Sunday, but like he's he he's shooting 32 percent from the field. Uh, so I don't, you know, there are things he does well, uh, but he's a rookie, and and throwing him in the starting lineup, he'd be like one of those rookie starters and names. I don't know if you want to start Samaje Kristen and. DeMontis Sabonis in the same lineup. I think it'll probably be Anthony Morrow because he's going to give you spacing. And and Anthony Morrow has been better defensively this year. He's been very far from an all-world defender. But Anthony Morrow has been like better than, than the median Anthony Morrow that we've seen the last 10 years. He's been better defensively this year. And, and that's like something. It's a thing. Hey, that, that's better. That, hey, that's good that he can uh, at least be serviceable on that end. Uh, I, yeah, I think that that sets up nice if Oladipo doesn't play for the Blazers in their backcourt to uh, really go to work. Uh, putting Roberson on one of those two guys will definitely make things harder. Uh, I think in that case, you, things like uh, little duck-ins by Mo Harkless uh, might be harder to do I, against a guy like Westbrook if Westbrook is guarding him. Uh, so the Thunder could actually get get away with that a little bit more because I think when most teams put a bigger guy or move a guy from uh, off of Harkless onto one of the guards, one of the things the Blazers have been able to do is Harkless has shot the three pretty well this season, but he's also been at, good at uh, cutting in off the baseline and, and using his size to kind of pin guys uh, behind him and uh, use his position to get easy buckets. So um uh, with Westbrook being as strong as he is, uh, that's something interesting to see if the Blazers can still get some of that extra offense when teams uh, work hard to kind of to take Lillard and McCollum out of the game. Uh, but I, I think the, the the most important thing for the Blazers is going to be trying to minimize the uh, advantage that Oklahoma City will likely have on the glass. As I mentioned, the Blazers, a bottom ten rebounding team. Uh, far far away from where they were last year. The Thunder, one of the best rebounding teams. Um, and Westbrook is amazing at rebounding. You have Adams. Uh, and so uh, I, I think the Blazers are really going to have uh, their hands full there. So uh, transition defense and uh, protecting the glass and, 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 and just trying to minimize the advantage that Oklahoma City has there I think is the best chance for Portland to, to steal a win in this one because I think – 
if they win, I think there's pretty no there's no other way to describe it uh, than a steal with the way that they're playing right now. It's not going to be just one guy. It's always a rotation. Uh, but but how how do you see them going about? I mean, it's not like they go up against the guy the style of Russell Westbrook all the time. Uh, so so how how do you see them going against Russell Westbrook? How do you see them trying to defend him schematically? How do you see them using their personnel to try to guard him? I, I think they got to go. Uh, they got to put Harkless on him. Uh, I think Harkless is a little bit better suited for the quicker, uh, more low to the ground guys. Uh, Aminu, I think, is more suited to play against taller scorers. And so I think they should start with Harkless from the jump on Westbrook and not let. Uh, well, do your best to not let Westbrook get every single thing that he wants. He's still going to get every single thing that he wants, but uh, at least put someone in there that's somewhat of a barrier in Harkless being 6'9", uh, being a pretty big guy. Uh, I, I think they have to start there uh, when it comes to facing Westbrook, and then you just kind of you know, put Lillard on Robertson and, 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 and just see what happens there uh, and, and see if, you know, I, I would rather take my chances with that. I don't think they'll post Robertson up, but I, I think that's the switch that they should make uh, would be a Harkless onto Westbrook from the start and then uh, just try and keep bigger guys on him as much as you can because uh, I think it, it would be a lost cause to start the game with, with Damian Lillard with the knowledge that you're going to have to eventually make that switch anyway. So why why start with it? Oh, you can always put your you can always put your worst defender on Harden, regardless of his position. Or on why did I say Harden on Robertson, regardless <laughs> regardless of his. You should never put your worst defender on Harden. You can always put your yeah. worst your worst defender on uh, on Andre Robertson, regardless of position or size, and it it won't make much of a difference. He might beat you on back cuts. Uh, maybe he gets like Robertson styled hot and he hits some threes, but like schematically, you're going to leave him open anyway. So if he's going to hit threes, he's going to hit the threes no matter who's guarding him because you're going to collapse into the lane regardless. Uh, so, so I mean, look, maybe the only way he's really going to beat you is if he beats you in transition. Like, you don't pick him up in transition because he's athletic. Uh, and he's pretty good at filling lanes in transition, and Westbrook will find him streaking down the court, and he, he leaks out. Uh, and he leaks out intelligently. He doesn't leak out indiscriminately, too. He's pretty good at that. So, so that way he can beat you, and he can beat you on a back cut and a half court every once in a while. But that's... That's pretty much it. Like you can put your worst defender on him. Yeah, I, I think that's the move for the Blazers uh, from a strategy standpoint. Is just immediately start with Harkless on Westbrook. I think rotation wise, I, I don't see them doing a whole lot differently. Uh, I know that they're just they're just gonna have to um, keep their bigger wings on the court as much as possible. You you can hope that uh, Aminu and his minutes limit increases, right? Tonight he played only 21 minutes as he works his way back from a calf injury and then a fall that he had the other night in Memphis. So uh, the Blazers may be a little limited in terms of uh, the amount of minutes that their bigger wings can play, but I think that should be the strategy. Obviously, if, if, if those guys can't go as many minutes as you want, then I guess those duties fall to Evan Turner or uh, Crabb uh, Turner has been playing pretty well lately, uh, but yeah, I think you got to start with bigger guys and then um, hope that Plumlee can uh, hold his own against Adams on the glass 
and Ed Davis against Cantor and, and, and those matchups as well. Anything to plug before we go? Um, no, uh, just keep listening to Locked On Blazers. Keep listening to Locked On Thunder. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you'd like to advertise with us, send us an email to LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com and uh, tell your friends. Uh, it's a cool podcast. Uh, and uh, basketball season is is heating up, and we've been following it the whole time. So if you want to know what's up, I think you should you should listen to us. And Twitter, what are you what are you on Twitter? I follow you for like yeah, twelve at, years. At, 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 yeah, I know, right? Yeah, all these years, <laughs> what is it worth? Uh, at Eric <laughs> underscore Gunderson, uh, that's E R I K underscore uh, Gunderson with an E N, not an O N. Uh, that uh, gets confusing for people sometimes. You have a really annoying name to spell on twitter probably that must be really annoying because because you got to spell they're they're very conventional names but like mm-hmm. spelled spelled in secondary ways so i feel like like if i'm oh, going to the- search someone named eric i'm going to search eric with a c oh, so yeah. i feel like you always That's have totally to be normal. like g-r-i-k i feel like you yeah, have i to always have to I- yeah that must get oh old. yeah it, it's been it- yeah, it it does. It, it's Eric, yeah, it's been Eric with a K for a long time. Uh, pretty sure anything good that ever happened to me in school, uh, my name was almost always misspelled. Mm-hmm. Even when I was covering, even you know, uh, my you know my spot at Blazer games, they would misspell it. And there's, there's just really nothing you can do. It's, it's just like you're just like it's it, it. You just get over it at some point. Gunderson with an E N also, same thing. That's right. I, I would spell right. Gund- Gunderson. I would spell it. Right. Yeah. First and last name. Just super annoying. Not the normal way that it's spelled uh, in either instance. So, uh, yeah, that gets a little confusing. So I was going into the parking garage, and they put media's name on the parking garage before a game. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I said, I said, Fred Katz. And they said, okay. And sometimes, you know, people misspell Katz. I think it's C-A-T-S or whatever. And, and that's yeah. fine. Like, it's it's probably not C A T S, but like at least that's understandable because that is how you spell cats. So I get it. Uh, so the right. woman said the woman said cats, and I said yes, and she definitely said my name. She said cats, and I said, and I said, and 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 so I said yes, and then she looks through the list to see that I'm on the list, and she says you're not here, and I was like, no, I'm there. I, I cover every game. I'm always there. She says, how do you spell it? K-A-L-T? It's like, no, K-A-L-T. You said cats. Why would you think K-A-L-T? This is the weirdest spelling. Wow. It was such a weird interaction. I was like, no, K-A. I was genuinely confused. I thought she was messing with me. I was like, K-A-T-Z. What's wrong? K-A-L-T. You said cats. You didn't say cult. If you had missed her and said Fred cult, then I'd be like, okay, K-A-L-T is understandable. How could you think it's cats and then spell it K-A-L-T? What's going on? What's going on indeed? Uh, I think on that note uh, of us venting about uh, our, our issues with our, <laughs> our names, uh, I think is a great place to end this one. Uh, Blazers and Thunder, Tuesday night, ESPN, I believe as well uh in portland uh so that should be hopefully a a a good matchup um 
may not have a whole lot of division or any playoff seeding implications with the way the Blazers are playing, but it could. You never know. It is a long season. So a game that could have potential implications down the line uh, with these two teams that were expected to be uh, very close in the Western Conference standings when the when it's all said and done. And these two teams play a few times. And, and they're also both – I mean, they're both pretty fun teams to watch. Like, I, I love watching Lillard, and I love watching McCollum. Like, the Blazers – they're a pretty fun team to watch and, and the Thunder of Russell Westbrook. So there you go. And and you can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Fred Katz. Oh. F-R-E-D, not K-A-L-T. And uh and then uh <laughs> you can you can go on to normantranscript.com too and and see all my work. My blog is Thunder Road, like I said, at the top of the show. Uh and and I'm on every week too. And and hit me up at, at lockdownthunder at gmail.com if you have any questions about the show too. Uh Eric, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I think that'll do it for me. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, Thunder Blazers, Tuesday night. That's a 9.30 Central time, 7.30 Pacific time. Uh, you can check that out on Fox Sports Oklahoma for us and, and, and I'm guessing wherever in, wherever in Portland, wherever people listen to games in Portland or watch games in Portland. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Comcast, Sportsnet, I'm pretty sure um, it w- w- is it. But don't 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 quote me on that. Uh, I, I do not have that in front of me. But I do know it is an ESPN game tomorrow uh, nationally. So if if you don't have it, uh, you can catch it on ESPN. That's that's definitely going to be there. All right. So just watch it wherever you're going to watch it. And until tomorrow, Lockdown Blazers, Lockdown Thunder is locking up. <laughs>